Doing this kind of stuff is something I don't really talk about because I was raised not to talk about like doing nice things. And so this is odd, however, it's important because as we talked about, how do we learn to give back? Uh, like my father was one to do it individually for people. His father did stuff. And I don't know if folks that don't have that as a child, how they get it, but it's so important to be, to, to get the giving spirit and then say yes. As a church group in my youth, we would go clean up after hurricanes. Uh, and I guess it, it transitioned into uh, when the hurricane was down there and, and people from Katrina. I got a, a phone call in the middle of the night that uh, the National Guard was activated and they were going to New Orleans to pick up evacuees and bringing them back to the airbase in Smyrna and dumping them off. And a friend of mine said, we don't have much of a plan after that, but we're going to pick up plane loads of evacuees and we're going to drop them off at the airport in Smyrna. So they opened up the old boat plant. It was quite a lot of fun. One of the first people I met there was a sous chef from New Orleans and I recruited him to be a chef for the uh, shelter. And I said, so what do you need? And he told me what he needed and we were on a mission to set up a kitchen at the boat factory. When Waverly happened, uh, Larry and his mobile griddle go. And so I said, well, I'll go. So we had this menu and we set it up and um, cooked spaghetti. Larry is the best spaghetti maker this side of Mississippi. And spaghetti in batches and salad in batches and French bread. And then the side menu was lemonade and popcorn. Oh, I talked to these people who were so, they weren't as sad as I was about losing their houses. Um, you know, it's just sad, it's tragic. And you see the resilience of people. You see these families come together. The progression from the time we started going to Waverly to the time we finished our, what we call our mission there, the first part of it, you drove down the street and there were groups from all across the Southeast that had come together, church groups, and all they were doing was going from one house to the other and taking everything out of the house and piling it on the curb. The next week they had, uh, uh, they were taking uh, front end loaders and just cranes and picking it up and putting their whole house in a, in a uh, dump truck. And as much as Waverly particularly tried to be organized about it, there's just no way to organize all that. And then people would ask us, <laughs> who are y'all with? And we would say, it's just us. I mean, everybody was with a group, some kind of group, from Mississippi, from Georgia, wherever. I can tell you, this church has always been a doing church. Years ago, one of the founding members and I, we got involved with Nashville Cares, and um, we took on a family and were with that woman and her kids until she died. And that was probably from the church, my first outing into a church without wall. And I guess in closing, if you ever get in a position where you're 
uh, have an event planned and the caterer doesn't show up, uh, our menu is pretty simple. Spaghetti, French bread, salad. sauce salad, and our new addition, popcorn and pink lemonade. And uh, it'll take us about two hours to get set up. Just call us. And we are? Just us. <laughs> Isn't that great? I, lo I love that. I'm so thankful to Larry and Elise for sharing that with us. We, As part of our We is Greater Than Me uh, series, we're, we're wanting to tell some of those stories of generosity that are part of this congregation as we folks that are, that are just like us that, that God can use when we say, here I am, Lord. Uh, use me. Send me. Uh, I want to be generous in Jesus' name. And, and that's what it looks like. And that's what it's about for us to, to live lives of whole life generosity and, and to share life together. In Christ. So uh, I know you'll be blessed by that. We've got some more stories that we're going to tell as we continue on. Uh, I want to tell you a story this morning of my own. Last week, we were, we were driving home from Mississippi from, from fall break. I shared with you, we were down at my mother-in-law's, and uh, we, uh, we were going through uh, Jackson. We were going down I-40, and we looked over, and uh, Abby actually pointed it out. My wife, she pointed over, she said, hey, look over there. That, that's the Olive Garden where you and I uh, almost broke up. 15 years ago. Do you remember that? <laughs> I said, well, no, I didn't, but thanks for reminding me. And uh, Lily Brooks chimed in from the back seat. She said, I'm glad you didn't. I wouldn't be here. And then William says, Olive Garden, let's go. I'm hungry. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you had any conversations like that in the car on road trips before, but that was ours last week. Uh, but it got me thinking about, uh, it kind of took me back all the way to the beginning of, of my relationship with my wife, Abby. I was, I was transported back to the year 2006. And I want you to go back there with me for just a second. Is that okay? Will you go back with me there for just a minute? Oh. See, Abby and I were good friends. We, we've been friends for a while. We started dating and something changed. One night I, I went over to her house and I had my guitar and I sang her this song that would actually become our song. You know it, it's by REO Speedwagon. It goes a little something like this. I can't fight this feeling any longer. And yet I'm still afraid to let it show. What started out as friendship has grown stronger. Oh, thank you. I only wish I had the strength to let it show. Let's skip to the chorus. How about that? And I can't fight this feeling anymore. Thank you. I forgot what I started fighting for. It's time to throw this ship into the well <laughs> and throw away the old. Maybe I can't fight this feeling anymore. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> Some of y'all had your phones out. I appreciate that. That was nice. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to share that with you. It happened exactly like that, you know, 15 years ago. Uh, can you believe that she still said yes to me after all that? Um, you're probably, she's probably wondering that too. Uh, <laughs> well, I just wanted to share that with you this morning. I wanted you to feel what I was feeling in that moment 15 years ago. Uh, but what I want to tell you is really the rest of the story is this. Uh, after 15 years of being together over 5,000 days, four cities, four houses, four pets, two kids, 
countless detours and distractions and disagreements and difficult decisions. I think if I had to pick a new song for us to be our song, it would probably be this one. Listen to this. Y'all know this one, right? You can sing it with me. Thanks for my tech booth this morning. You guys really were on top of it. I told them, they said, you want to do what? <laughs> well, here's the thing. There have been so many days out of those 5,000 plus since then when, when the feelings that we were fighting weren't the ones that I was singing about earlier. You know what I mean by that, right? Those, those days when we do or say things that get on each other's nerves, when I when I leave my clothes on the floor, when, when she locks the keys in the car, when I, I forget to ask her permission to use her in a sermon illustration. Uh, I did ask permission this week, though, I promise. It's on those days that it most definitely is more than a feeling. Amen? And, and guess what? I think, I think that's okay. I think that's actually how it's supposed to be. Because the truth is this, in, in, in marriage, but not just in marriage, right? Real Real love, real relationships are based on more than just feelings. Amen? Uh, they're based on choice. They're based on commitment. They're based on covenant. And, and I share all that with you this morning because that's what our scripture lesson is teaching us today. Not just about marriages, but about, about relationships. The title of my sermon today is Generous Commitment that's what I want to talk about. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, today's week two of this series that we've been doing, uh, talking about we is greater than me, about whole life generosity as an expression of, of us sharing life together in Christ. Uh, I shared with you that my prayer for you and for me and for us is that we would be generous people, that we would be a generous church, a more generous church, because we want to be more like Jesus every day and in every way. We want to be more like Jesus. And and Jesus was generous, and so I want to be generous, and I want us to be generous as a reflection of that, a reflection of our faith in Christ. We talked about how generosity isn't just about stewardship, but generosity is about discipleship. And so we, last week, we looked at this story from the life of Jesus, a story from the Gospel of Mark. We saw this snapshot of Jesus's life and ministry from the Gospel of Mark. And, and, it, and it taught us that Jesus' life and ministry was a model of this idea of whole life generosity. We talked about how generous Jesus was. We didn't talk at all last week about, about money. We talked about how Jesus was generous with his attention. He was generous with his compassion. And he was generous with his salvation. And Jesus calls us to go and do likewise so that our lives and our life together might be a reflection of his generosity, of his compassion. And every time we choose generosity, every time we choose compassion, every time we put the needs of others above our own, the kingdom of heaven breaks through on earth. Time is transformed, we talked about, from, from chronos to kairos, from, from time as, as simply a measure of minutes to time as moments that are filled with meaning. That's, that's the kind of life we want to live, right? Uh, today, I want us to look at an example of, of whole life generosity. Today, we're going to look at a woman whose name was Ruth. She has a, a book of the Bible named after her, and this is her story. She was, she was uh, the daughter-in-law of another woman named Naomi, and Naomi had another daughter-in-law named Orpah, and, and the story begins 
with, with something that, that no one could have predicted or could have imagined. Uh, the story begins with all three of their husbands dying. The first five verses of Ruth, all three of these women had become widows. And, and to be a widow during this time and space in history was, was truly a hopeless situation. In many, in many ways, it was a death sentence because they had no way of providing for themselves. They had no one to turn to. And so, so Naomi tells her daughters-in-law to return to their own families so that maybe they could take care of them and perhaps they could marry again for they were still young. But they all three knew that, that Naomi was, was too old and that she had nowhere to go. And so, again, Naomi has this generous request of her daughters-in-law. She tells them, she puts their needs above hers and, and she urges them to return to their father's household. One daughter, Orpah, she, she honors this generous request from, from Naomi and, and she kisses Naomi and she returns to her father's household with Naomi's blessing. But, but Ruth is a little more rebellious. Ruth respectfully declines. Listen to what, what it says. Ruth, this is Ruth chapter one, verse 16 and 17. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you from me. Ruth gave her mother-in-law a generous commitment. She, she made a covenant with Naomi as her chosen family, this declaration of, of her unwavering love and support. How many of you would do that for your mother-in-law? You don't have to answer that question right now. But just think about that. Think about what this meant, uh, especially during this time and place in history. Uh, this, is, this is an incredible act of commitment. This is why uh, this passage of scripture is often read at weddings, right? Uh, on March 15th, 2008, when Abby and I got married, this passage of scripture, we had it read at our wedding because uh, we felt like this was appropriate for us. Abby had left her family in Oklahoma and moved all the way to Tennessee uh, for us to start this new life together. And, and we thought it was appropriate for the journey we already had and for the journey ahead. And that has been true over and over again. Uh, but here's the thing. That's just one example. Uh, commitment and covenant aren't, aren't reserved solely for marriage relationships. The covenant and commitment are the foundation, I believe, for all relationships, especially our relationship with God through Jesus Christ and our relationships with others in Christ. We've talked a lot over the past month, the past few months about our, our commitment, the commitment that we make to Christ and to one another when, when we become part of a community of faith. When we commit our lives to Christ and we commit to sharing life together in Christ. We, we make a covenant with God and with a group of people, right? To be generous with what? Our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. And many times, just like 
with most relationships, in the beginning, there are, there are a lot of feelings involved in that decision, right? Many of us have stories of faith where maybe we were at a worship service or, or a concert or at a retreat and, and the Holy Spirit was moving in, in our midst and in our hearts and, and we just couldn't fight that feeling anymore, right? So we came forward and we gave our lives to Christ or we came forward and, and joined the church. But more than likely, at some point, Along our journey of faith with Christ and with the church, it became about more than a feeling. If you're like me, you've had more than your fair share of, of detours and disagreements and distractions and difficult decisions regarding your relationship with God and your relationship with the church. There have been days when the feelings you were fighting weren't the ones I was singing about earlier. When God didn't answer that prayer that, that you prayed the way that you wanted him to. When somebody from church posted something that you didn't agree with. When the preacher said something or didn't say something that, that you didn't like. Sometimes it takes every ounce of grace that we have, doesn't it? To keep going, to keep giving, to keep loving. Sometimes sticking around is hard when it's easier to split. Sometimes staying is hard when we feel like going. Sometimes commitment is hard when we feel like quitting. Amen? Maybe some of you felt that way over the past year, year and a half when, when things have gotten hard and, and times were tough. We had, to make, we had to take some difficult detours. We had to make some difficult decisions over and over again. Some people felt called to go other places, and that's, that's okay. I want you to know that, that they truly went with my, my blessing, and I, I pray that God is moving in their midst, and they are growing in their faith. But I just wanted today, I felt led in light of this story, uh, to say something to, to those of you that, that stayed, that those of you that, that stuck around. I want you to know that I believe the story of Ruth and the story of the gospel reminds us of some powerful truths that there's healing beyond the hurt and the hardship, that, that there is joy beyond the pain and, and perseverance, that there is new life that comes from hopeless situations and that there are blessings that are only brought about by new beginnings. I want you to hear that this morning. I believe that there are blessings in store for those of us who are here as part of this fellowship family. I believe that there is an abundance that, that you are going to experience, that we are going to experience, that is unlike anything we have experienced before. I believe that. I see new life springing up all over the place, all the time. Ruth's covenant to Naomi, her commitment to her chosen family, her faith and perseverance in the midst of difficulty and uncertainty became not only her legacy for generations to come, but it literally prepared the way for the coming of Christ. I hope you'll go back and read the whole book of Ruth this week. It's just a few chapters. I actually put it in the daily scripture readings this week, so if you follow along, you'll have it done by Saturday. It's a beautiful story, but I want to I give you a spoiler alert. This is how it ends. Ruth re remarries a man named Boaz, who is part of, of Naomi's tribe. And, and they had a son who had a son who had a son named Jesse, who had a son named David, who became the king of Israel. 
And from him, there was a son who had a son who had a son. And on down the line, there was born a man named Jesus who was from that line. Think about that for just a minute. Who, who could have imagined what God could do through Ruth's generous commitment? Who could have ever dreamed from the ashes of Ruth's shattered dreams God could bring forth beauty and blessing for God's people beyond their wildest dreams. Only God could take all of those detours and difficult decisions as a result of, of, of death and pain and suffering and transform them into a pathway that leads to new life. Only God. And I wanna say it, I, I say it all the time, but I just gotta say it again today. It's not just that it happened. <laughs> it's that what? It happens all the time. What was true for Ruth and Naomi is true for you and me. Only God can take all of our detours and all of our distractions, even all of our disagreements and difficult decisions and bring redemption and restoration and reconciliation and renewal. God can and God will in God's time and in God's way, but we have to trust him. We have to step out in faith to remember the covenant, to make a commitment, to take God at his word and to stand firm on that firm foundation of faith, to give everything to God in response to God giving everything to us. And here's, here's the deal. Here's the beautiful thing. When we honor that commitment, when we keep our covenant, when we show tenacity in our generosity, we are preparing the way for Jesus to come into our lives and in our life together for the kingdom of heaven to break through right here in our midst. When we do that, lives are changed and communities are transformed. Each time we make a generous commitment in the name of Jesus, we're pointing to the generous commitment that Christ made for us. We're reflecting the, the unwavering love of the one who kept his covenant with us even when we turned away. The one who, who promises us in, in the scriptures to never leave us or forsake us. The one who said in, in Jeremiah 31, I have loved you with an everlasting love. The one who said over and over again to God's people, you will be my people and I will be your God. The one who went where we could not go to do what we could not do so that not even death could separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen? That's the good news of God's grace. That's ours in Christ. And so I wanna ask you in response to that today, in closing, what, what kind of generous commitment do you need to make today to Christ or to a community of faith? What, what kind of generous commitment do you need to honor today What's one thing that you can do this week to grow in this idea of whole life generosity so that you and me and us, just us, could be more like Jesus wherever God places us? I wanna share real briefly one more story with you. I think this is just such a great illustration of, of how this is happening right here, right now in our congregation. One of our members, and she gave me permission to share this with you. One of our members, Chrissy Estes Alcorn, uh, shared herself a couple of weeks ago that she hadn't been here in, in a good while. Uh, she'd been watching online, 
some, and, and she even confessed that she had visited another church. I told her that was perfectly all right, that we were just glad that, to, to see her back here. But that was her first Sunday here in a long time, a couple of Sundays ago. And then the next day, she posted something on Facebook. I want to read it for you. Some of you may have seen it. She said, finally made it back to the church building today, my church home. It was so hard to take that first step to go back. My pajamas, the couch, coffee, comfort, and convenience of watching online was just too easy during COVID that I couldn't seem to make myself go. Maybe some of y'all can relate to that. Honestly, I wasn't sure if, and honestly, I wasn't sure if this church was really where I was supposed to be. It's so easy to make it all about me, my wants, my needs. But last night, God put on my heart that when I became a member, I made a covenant with him to support this church and the people in it. It's like a marriage, a promise to be faithful through the good and bad, the highs, the lows. He reminded me that the act of going to church isn't all about me either. It's about him and worshiping him. Not a better band, although ours is awesome, she said, or a more charismatic preacher. Again, no complaints there. I promise that's what she wrote. <laughs> or a better youth group or fun activities or cooler people. It is about him. As long as my church and the people in it stay true to the word of God, this is where I need to be. I made a promise. They are my family. That's not the end of the story. The next Sunday, she came back to church. She came in and she sat in the back. And, and right before the service started, somebody came and sat down next to her. And they sat together throughout the whole service. They worshiped together. And as the service was over, after the benediction, that person turned to Chrissy and said this. She said, I, I haven't been here in a long time either, but I'm here today because of your Facebook post. I think that's such a powerful real life example of, of this idea of we is greater than me. What a powerful testimony of somebody just like us seeking to live out her life in faith through a generous commitment to Christ and to a community of faith and the blessings that can come from, from an act of faithfulness, how it, how it prepared the way for God to not only move in her life, but to move in someone else's life. I think that is truly sharing life together in Christ through whole life generosity. And all that I can say is in response is thanks be to God. Amen? Amen. Let's, let's pray together. God, we do thank you so much for your presence and provision and power in our lives and in our life together. God, we thank you for the many blessings that, that we experience as we trust you. And as we entrust to you everything that we are and everything that we have, knowing that, that what you give us in return is so much more, is so much better, it's so much beyond anything we could ever ask for or imagine. Lord, I thank you for your grace that meets us right where we are and yet never leaves us there, that invites us to new heights and new depths in your love as we trust you, as we follow you, as we follow the example of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray today that the story of Ruth might be our story, that we might uh, make a commitment to you and, and to, to uh, our brothers and sisters in Christ to walk faithfully into whatever future it is that you have for us, God. Help us to truly put uh, others above ourselves and to put you at, at the top, that we might seek you first and all these things might be added to us, your kingdom, your righteousness. Lord, I pray that you might speak to our hearts today and that we might have the grace and, and courage and faith to respond to whatever it is that you're calling us to do and be today. Lord, we love you. 
We thank you. And we pray all this in the mighty, powerful, amazing name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to invite you to stand as we sing this last song. If, if God is moving in your heart and you want to come forward and, and pray uh, for any reason, uh, I want to invite you to do that. The altars are open. Uh, if there's something specific on your heart that you want somebody to pray with you about, I'd love to pray with you. Uh, just let me know and I'll come pray with you. Uh, you may just want to stay there and pray in your seat or you may just want to sing praises to God today in response of his generosity in your life. But whatever that looks like today, let's take these last few minutes and, and commit those to God.